Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lock On Lightning, part of the Lock On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Decker. We got a lot in store to you for today. Uh, we This is coming a little bit later than usual, just because uh, we were working on some stuff before for the show today. So uh, we I talked over the phone with Locked On Bruins uh, host uh, Ian McLaren. We're, ta- we're going to be talking about uh, the... The Bruins and the the Lightning's matchups this t- uh, this week, as uh, the Lightning will face the Bruins twice, once tonight in Tampa, and then they'll be going to Boston on Saturday. But before then, they're, they're they'll be facing the Montreal Canadiens. But we're not really going to focus on the Canadiens right now. We'll talk about them on tomorrow's show, as I will preview the show and we'll discuss more about the Canadiens then. But really, the game that. I'm sure a lot of Lightning fans are looking forward to is uh, against the Boston Bruins since the Lightning are only seven points back in the division as well as the conference. Um, so we're going to definitely get into that. But before before uh, we, we we talk with Ian, we're, I'm going to just talk a little bit about uh, this past weekend. The Lightning finally snapped their four-game losing streak. Uh, you know, when I first came on the show, about a couple of weeks ago, the Lightning were in the midst of a 11-game winning streak, and I kind of joked around, saying that I don't. What are are the Lightning ever gonna lose? And lo and behold, they lost to Vegas, and it seemed like even though it was four games, it seemed like they were, you know, we they went almost a week, week or two without winning a game, and you know, you know, that's definitely something that's very deflating after you rack up. A win streak as high as that, you know, you, you, you kind of, it seemed like the team was kind of brought down to earth immediately. And there were some things that obviously I spoke about in length on the other episodes where they got a, they were making certain mistakes or fell into certain bad habits uh, during the winning streak that kind of carried over into the losing streak and also contributed to the losing streak. But it seems like they've they cleaned it up since then. Uh, the one thing that really stood out to me in this Calgary game, I'll do a little quick recap just because I, I want I want to get to the get to the interview with Ian McLaren. I think you guys will really like it. Um, so, like the one thing that really stood out to me in this game that I really really liked and I would like to see more of is they scored twice on the power play. Finally, it seems like forever since the Lightning have scored on the power play. And especially, I kind of went and lengthened it on the last episode on Friday where the Lightning, I believe, had four or five. There were times where they were on the power play and obviously they didn't score at all. It was just It's just one of those frustrating things when you have a team who's so gifted um, on the offensive side of the puck and able to score that they're not able to score to obviously put the puck in the back of the net when they're a man up on the ice. So that's something that's very frustrating. And it was one of those things where I just, it seemed like I was just, you know, hammering it to death at that point. But they they broke through the ceiling, and hopefully maybe they continue their scoring ways on the power play. We'll, we'll check to see how they do against Boston tonight. Um, the other thing that really stood out, they, they actually scored on the shorthanded, shorthanded as well. They scored two goals. They scored two of their four goals on the power play and one of them on on the shorthanded. So that's definitely something that that we're going to keep an eye out for. Hopefully they hopefully they uh, continue this because that's something that um, going forward, especially in the playoffs, that they're going to need to do. You know, especially in playoff hockey when all the teams are you know playing. I wouldn't say tentative hockey, but they're being careful 
Uh, and it's, you know, you don't really get as many power plays as you normally would in, a, uh, in the playoffs as you would in, you know, a regular season game. But so, you know, when you do get on the power play, when you do draw a penalty, it's very important that you capitalize on it because that could be your only power play of of the game. Well, not necessarily, but that could be one of your that could be only one of your few chances that you will have throughout the game to score. So in other lightning news, uh, the Syracuse Crunch played on Friday, the AHL affiliate of your Tampa Bay Lightning, and they played the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, and they won that game 4-3. But the thing that really stood out in that game, and a lot of Lightning fans should be excited about, is that one of their top prospects, Andre Bear-Bollet, scored a hat-trick. And, you know, I, I kind of did a little preview of the prospects uh, about a couple episodes ago. And if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check it. Um, the, the thing, you know, he's one of those guys that Lightning fans should be on – should be on the lookout for just because I think he's a very he's one of the top offensive players in the system that they have right now and you know it's always a positive thing to see when one of your prospects scores a hat trick and contributes three out of the four goals to his team so definitely keep an eye on him um I should have a prospect list uh coming soon to where I will talk about it in one of the future episodes so keep an eye out for that so that's it for the recap for now and one last thing uh, before we go to the interview with Ian, uh, Lightning captain Steven Stamkos is due to have surgery today uh, on a court injury that I guess was, you know, there's some reports that it was just lingering injury that he was having for maybe a couple of weeks now. And then, then they just finally decided to just get surgery on it so he could be back for the playoffs. Uh, the recovery, recovery time they initially said was uh, six to eight weeks. Uh, I've heard other reports that he could even be back sooner, maybe four to six. That would kind of place his his comeback time about about the first week of April, uh, maybe the second week, depending on how he feels. Obviously, I wouldn't see the Lightning trying to rush him back too quickly, just because you know you want to get have him rest up as much as possible before the playoffs start, because that's what you're really looking forward to now. Uh, whatever happens during the regular season happens, you know, barring a monumental. Uh, meltdown in the standings i see the lightning making the playoffs and um you know you obviously want to have one of your top players and goal scorers healthy by the playoffs so we wish him a speedy recovery but not too speedy you know we want him to be 100 percent healthy for the playoffs so now we're, we move on to locked on lightning's first crossover episode this will be with locked on bruins host ian mclaren uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things. We're going to talk about the moves both the teams made at the trade deadline, as well as kind of previewing both the games for this week against the Bruins and the Lightning. And we will talk about the playoffs as well. So here's Ian McLaren from Locked On Bruins. So I'm here with Ian McLaren from Locked On Bruins. Uh, we're just going to get into some questions today. It's not going to be very question-based. We'll just go back and forth. Uh, so... Ian, Bolton Bruins are in the midst of a race for not only possession of the Atlantic Division, but as well as the number one spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, do you th do you look at these two teams as somewhat of rivals or just two very good hockey teams battling it out in the state? Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd consider them rivals at this point, per se. I think I know they had the one playoff series a couple of years ago that was that was pretty one-sided and and Tampa Bay won I guess I think it was in five games that year so I think if these two teams I mean the way they're tracking right now uh to be the top two teams in the Atlantic 
and they'd be on course to kind of meet in the second round. I think if if that does take place and and it's a pretty good long series, uh, then we might see kind of a rivalry develop out of that. Um, I mean, the last time they did meet, we had the whole Brad Marchand licking incident uh, on Ryan Callahan uh, and uh, someone else. I can't remember who else it was, but, uh, you know, that might, um, you know, be brought up if they do meet again in in the second round here. But um, until... Yeah, until they meet in the playoffs again and, and we see some fireworks maybe and, and a longer series, I think we'll really start to see um, see a rivalry develop out of that. Unfortunately, right. yeah, due to due to Tampa Bay losing last year to, to Columbus, we didn't get to see that rematch. So if that does happen again, then I think we'll uh, we'll start to see those those sparks come up from a, a rivalry and, and that's what the NHL I guess intended with this uh divisional kind of playoff format that they've come up with right sure absolutely you know I'm, I'm sure a lot of a lot of fans as well as the nhl uh would love to see these two teams become somewhat rivals and it, it could be difficult since these two teams last met only in november so maybe we'll see some sparks fly this week as they get uh two games with each other mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah, so they're they're safely you know the bruins are safely seven points ahead of the lightning right now uh do you think the Lightning could catch your Bruins and possibly leapfrog them in the standings, or do you think at this point in the season that the conference and division are safely in the bag? Um, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say anything is safe at this point. Uh, Tampa Bay, they were pretty hot there for a while, then they, I guess, lost four in a row and uh, then rebounded with a win uh, on the weekend. Um, these these two games will certainly dictate a lot, I think, if. Um, if they split it, it's kind of a wash, obviously. So Tampa really would need to take probably three of the four points out of these two games to to make it uh, more interesting, I guess. But um, if Boston's able to to split these two games or even take three of four or 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 all four points, then it's pr- it's pretty much over, I think, at that point. So these two these two games will really um, tell a big story as to how easily Boston can lock things up they do have like 16 games left tampa's got 17 so not a lot of room to work with um and yeah these two games will really uh, dictate how how that plays out but seeing how the atlantic's gonna shake out the thing is i've been talking about this a lot on my podcast too like the way the standings are going even if boston finishes first whoever finishes first is going to get a pretty tough metropolitan division opponent as the wildcard team Whereas the second team is pretty much guaranteed to play Toronto at this point. And honestly, I'm not really that scared of Toronto the way that they've been going lately. Um, So I don't know if finishing first is that much of an advantage over finishing second. Um, But, you know, that's just the way the playoff format is. And um, I think, yeah, Toronto-Tampa would be a a pretty entertaining series for sure. But I I don't think the Lightning would have uh, too, too much problem with Toronto over the course of a seven game series. Yeah, absolutely. They, they played uh, last week and even though lo- the Ma- Maple Leafs did win that game, they do kind of play this, a similar style of hockey to where it's just basically a track race up and down the ice where regardless of, you know, if Toronto plays Boston or Tampa, I could see Boston, especially how well-rounded they are definitely stopping that offensive attack. Yeah, I mean, in the past, Toronto. I mean, uh, 
Lightning have been a, a really tough matchup for the Bruins in the past. Um, they just they play they have played different styles, but Boston has been moving more towards that um, kind of skill up and down the lineup. Um, and so I think it would be yeah pretty entertaining if if Boston and Tampa were to meet in the second round. Both teams have I think last time I checked. They were one two in terms of goal differential in the NHL. I guess Colorado's second now at, at plus forty nine, but uh, Boston and Tampa, yeah, both have explosive offenses and play a really tight um, defensive game as well when needed. So um, I think that is an advantage to the Lightning for sure over Toronto in the first round, where Vasilevsky is just far superior to. Frederick Anderson at this point. I think that would be the difference, especially with uh, the way Toronto's banged up uh, on the blue line as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while we're on the topic of the playoffs, you know, obviously a lot of things could change in the standings from here until uh, the beginning of April. Um, and, you know, every year in the playoffs, there's always one or two teams that always make the deep runs that, you know, not a lot of fans would would have predicted going into the playoffs. Now, looking at the Eastern Conference, other than Tampa and Boston, of course, are there any teams that, you know, maybe Bruin and Lightning fans should keep an eye on once uh, April starts? I mean, uh, the, the, the Philadelphia Flyers are really coming on strong lately. They've won six in a row and they're only – three points back of Washington for first in the Metro. So I don't know if they're taking anybody by surprise right now, but if you had told me at the beginning of the season that that's where they would be, I would have been pretty surprised, I think. Um, but they might not catch too many people by surprise heading into the postseason. Um, I really look at uh, Carolina right now. They're the, a team kind of on the outside looking in there three points back of Columbus for the uh, second wildcard spot, although they do have three games in hand. Uh, we saw them go to the, the conference finals last year where, where Boston was able to sweep them. Uh, they've got some really serious injuries to their goaltenders right now where they're relying on their, their third and fourth string guys. Uh, but if they can squeak in and get their goalies back, um, I think they're still a really dangerous team uh, to contend with. Um, Columbus is holding down the, the second wildcard spot right now, but um, they've kind of been uh, just surviving based on exceptional goaltending. They're really decimated by injuries. Uh, they're the only team in the playoff race with a, a minus goal differential. Uh, even the Rangers uh, are only four points back of them with two games in hand and have a, a plus 14 goal differential compared to Columbus's minus four. Um, so whichever team sneaks into the wild card spots, uh, whether it's uh, the Islanders, Blue Jackets, uh, Hurricanes, or the Rangers, I think uh, you know none of those teams. I don't think will be an easy out per se, and that's what I was talking about earlier about that um, advantage maybe by dropping to second. Toronto right now in the Eastern Conference is is seventh, but. Uh, they're, they could easily drop to ninth overall if if Columbus or Carolina or even the Rangers pass them. They're tied with with uh, the Islanders at 78 points. So um, it's possible that the third-place team in the Atlantic, which is likely going to be Toronto, would finish outside the top eight based on the, the kind of old format. So uh, any of those Metro teams, I think, will be, will be a tough out for 
uh, for the two teams that finish first in their in their divisions. But I'd say Carolina for sure is, is a team to keep an eye on. Um, and the Flyers, I guess, but they're they're not really a surprise, I guess, at this point. Yeah, so it's safe to say any team that kind of sneaks in um, last minute into the playoffs would the Bruins and um, the Lightning will definitely get their money's worth in terms of a playoff series. Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so the Bruins made a pretty uh, notable trade uh, this past deadline, uh, trading David Backus, Axel Anderson, and a 2020 first-round draft pick for Andre's case. Now, he, you know, just looking at his stats right uh, right at ahead, you know, he, he's not really a lot of offensive, not good offensive numbers right off the bat for a forward. Now, just curious from, you know, a Lightning fan's point of view, what 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 about that trade appealed most to to would appeal most to Bruins fans? Uh, I mean, they uh, have been looking for a top six forward pretty much pretty much all season long. And uh, yeah, Kasha has been he's been dealing with some injuries this season. Uh, He hadn't played since the 7th of February with with an upper body injury. Um, his goal totals and point totals aren't aren't quite up to where we'd like to see them, but his underlying numbers are really good, and he's been put on a line with um, David Krejci and actually Nick Ritchie, who was also acquired from the Ducks. Um, and, yeah, he's looked really good on that line so far. He's been getting some shots off, getting some, some chances, and um, I think just that speed and skill that he brings to the lineup is something that Boston's been looking for in their top six uh yeah for for a while now they made some deals last year uh they traded for rick nash two years two years ago to kind of fill that need and um i think he uh is going to uh yeah just fit in really well there on the second line and um it's it's only a matter of time i think before he starts to hit the back of the net he he's looked really good so far in a couple games that he's played up there and um I think uh, that will prove to be a, a pretty good addition for for the Bruins uh, coming out of the deadline for sure. Right, and you know I think uh, Lightning fans are looking for the same thing in that regard with uh, Blake Coleman, especially who the Lightning acquired for you know they traded away their top prospect and Vancouver's conditional 2020 first round draft pick. You know Blake Coleman's a guy who. I stressed in the deadline uh, special that, you know, the Lightning needed a physical type player in their top six and they got it in Blake Coleman. But the good thing about him as well is that he could also put up 20, 25 goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Bruins, from what I hear, the Bruins were were pretty uh, hot on his trail as well, trying to pick up Coleman. I don't know if they were willing to give up quite as much as uh, – Tampa did to, to acquire him. And I think that's kind of why they also made that deal to pick up uh, Richie from the ducks uh, just to add that physical presence and a guy who, who can score a little bit as well. So I think that deal specifically was uh, not a direct reaction to the Coleman trade, but um, certainly uh, a need that they wanted to fill just to get that extra big body in there to, to compete with Tampa. If, if it comes down to that in the second round. Yeah, and that was definitely something uh, that Boston struggled with, especially in the finals last year when they didn't really have that big body guy to help them out on the ice. You know, they would kind of, I wouldn't say cruise through the playoffs, but once they ran into St. Louis in the finals, it kind of seemed like they hit a wall and just St. Louis was just playing a more physical type of game than them. 
And uh, I'm sure a lot of hockey fans or maybe even Bruin fans would think that maybe there were some calls that maybe didn't go the Bruins way that kind of contributed to that uh, physical play of hockey. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was uh, a few um, instances where, yeah, there were some calls that that didn't go Boston's way. Um, I really, like I was talking about earlier, Boston has been fearing more towards that, like, skilled and speed game. Uh, They don't have, like, the Milan Lucic's or Sean Thornton's like they used to when they they won the Cup. Um, And, yeah, I think the addition of Richie was – in some ways to, to counter that. Um, and um, I was hoping, kind of hoping that they'd add a big body on the blue line as well, uh, but they didn't end up doing that. Um, I think last year in the final as well, like the fact that they swept Carolina, they had a couple, uh, uh, actually several days off. So they might've had a bit of rust that they were working with too. But I mean, I don't think they're thinking too much about that at this point And just looking ahead to, to this year and really trying to um, erase that loss and, and avenge it, I guess, by um, getting back there this year and and uh, trying to beat whatever Western Conference team that makes it out. Um, but yeah, the the Eastern Conference really seems like the superior conference this year, and so I think any of the teams that make the playoffs will uh, be tough to beat and and uh, could have a shot at, at getting through the East. I think. Right, it's absolutely. all luck, not all luck, but luck plays a huge part of it in it too. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah, absolutely. In the playoffs, you know, it always, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of luck, especially for sure. With, yeah, but a puck bouncing, you know, a certain way or what a call going your way. So it definitely that aspect definitely comes in handy for sure. So, uh, go ahead. I was just gonna ask too about the. Um, Steven Stamkos injury. I guess he's having surgery today, I think, to to deal with a, a core muscle injury. Um, he's been out a couple games already. What uh, what kind of impact is his absence going to make on uh, the Lightning lineup? And uh, do you think it'll affect them much heading down the stretch? And uh, I don't know if you is he on track to miss maybe the first round as well. Uh, well, they're saying they said right off the bat it would be about six to eight weeks, but they think he could be back within four to six. So that's oh, okay. Thinking, um, obviously, you don't want him to rush back too quickly and then just re-injure the thing all over again. But yeah, um, you know, it's just been unfortunate with with Stamkos. You know, he's he's just had some bad luck over the years. You know, uh, during the 23, 20, uh, 2013, 2014 uh, season, you know, he broke his leg and then right, 20, yeah. 2017, he tore his meniscus. So it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, of course it's going to affect the team in some way, just because you're, you're, you're going to be, you're going to be without your leader and your captain for about, about a good month or so. This is a good core group of guys to where, it won't significantly affect them that much just because, you know, you have guys like Victor Hedman and Nikita Kucherov and even like a young leader like Vasilevsky uh, will definitely kind of like keep things in place and kind of just hold the fort until uh, until uh, Stamco is ready to come back. Um, and, you know, already guys like Goudreau and Coleman have definitely made an impact in, in the clubhouse. You know, if you 
watch if you listen to any interview with uh, any of these players about how they you know how they think Coleman and Gaudreau are doing thus far and you know it seems like you would have thought just by the way these guys are talking about them that they were here all the year so it's definitely to see that there's a lot of good chemistry between the new acquisitions as well as you know there's a good solid foundation like I just said there so yeah you're missing the production and the leadership but I think that um it it wouldn't be it won't be that much of a a, a negative thing going forward to have Stamkos kind of you know, this this will also help him rest up for the playoffs as well if there's any other lingering injuries. So Right. Yeah, yeah. true. Yeah, that uh, trade with San Jose kind of took me off guard as well, like uh, giving up a first in that trade. But I guess they they really value what he brings to the table. And uh, what have you seen so far from him that you think um, kind of not justifies but explains why they were willing to give up uh, that kind of – uh, a pick for for him in return. Well, I've I've stressed on almost every episode of Locked On Lightning that the up until the deadline that the Lightning needed a physical type player to go out there and do the dirty work along the boards, dig out the puck, and you know do the kind of the things that really Lightning fans have always seen really Patrick Maroon consistently be doing at the season. So it's kind of ha- it's kind of nice that they kind of needed that, and I originally wanted them to go get. Uh, Joe Thornton, just because I thought he would be a perfect for that. Yeah, yeah, I was and, hoping Boston would pick him up too. Yeah, I, I when I heard the reports about Thornton, when there was kind of like a little rumor going around that Boston was kind of looking at him, I was getting a little nervous about that. But um, you know, you never want to have a guy like that, especially in the playoffs, who's a veteran, kind of you know skating up up to you across the ice. But Goudreau is kind of like a younger version in a way. Obviously, you know he has a long way to go before he could be, you know, in the same talent class as Thornton. But yeah, I think more so um, we believe that this is the final piece along with Coleman to definitely round out the team and to make a deep push towards, you know, the cup finals. And, you know, it was definitely a confusing move at one point when they made the trade with Florida right before that to get Greco. So to see them flip him immediately days later was, um, it kind of that that trade kind of made more sense um, as as you heard about the Gaudreau trade. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Was there anything else that uh, you were wondering about about the Bruins or? Uh, I guess one last thing before I let you go is uh, so what are your predictions for this week? You know, obviously, you know, I, I wouldn't expect you to not be, you know, unbiased and not not pick the Bruins but um how, how do you think this these two games are going to shape up and you know maybe how 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 is it going to reflect maybe towards playoff time if they if uh the Bruins and the Lightning do meet yeah I mean I was reading uh I think it was a article on the Boston Herald this morning from uh, Marissa and Jemmy she was talking about how Boston is they really have a, a good opportunity here obviously to to not lock up the Atlantic division, but really secure it if they take both of these games. And um, that would give them an opportunity to kind of rest some guys down the stretch um, and uh, kind of a load management situation. So I think they will be pretty motivated to, to kind of close the door on the lightning Um, in terms of predictions. I don't, it's really hard to say, obviously, uh, how it's going to all play out. But I could, I, I would imagine 
Um, the most logical situation would be they maybe both win on home ice and kind of split. Split. The, it's not really a true home and home either because they both have games in between. I think Boston's going to play in Florida on Thursday, and then they're both back uh, in Boston to to play on on Saturday. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I would kind of expect them to to split these two games. Uh, maybe one of the teams will pick up uh, a kind of the extra point, and maybe we'll get like uh, seven points for each or you know out of the two games one team getting three the other team getting four uh but i'd be surprised if if either kind of wins both in regulation uh that would be my kind of thinking on things what what are you what are you picturing coming out of these games i think they're i i i'm i think i'm right on board with you with that i think they're going to split both games um i believe i think they're going to be tight games uh coming down to the wire in regulation i don't really see any of these teams um, really blowing the other team out the building. Um, I don't see really either team really having a, a more drastic edge than the other. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to split it. And I think that these two teams are more concerned right now on just getting ready for the playoffs and resting certain players that need the rest going forward. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I think, I mean, both, both teams are in a pretty good spot and will have home ice advantage uh, in the first round. It looks like barring, you know, complete disaster. Um, mm-hmm. And both teams, I think will be pretty comfortable with their first round matchups, uh, no matter if it's a, you know, the Leafs in third or one of those Metro wildcard teams. Um, again, we saw last year that anything can happen in the first round, but um, I don't, I don't think either, really values first place overall that much. They just want to be healthy and, you know, playing well heading into the, to the opening round. So yeah, I think you'll see, like you said, pretty tight, pretty tight games, uh, kind of a playoff style, tight checking and uh, low scoring and uh, some pretty good, pretty good battles. And hopefully it'll be a, a, a second round preview. And uh, that would be a pretty excellent series, I guess, for sure. Yeah, I think that a lot of people would like to see these two teams run into each other in the playoffs. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I really appreciate you doing this. I know you're a busy guy and you have a lot going on. So thank you for doing this with uh, with me on this Monday. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for chatting as well. And uh, maybe we'll catch up in the playoffs if these two teams do uh, do end up meeting each other in the second round. We'll have to do uh, a few preview shows and talk about the series if it, if it comes down to that for sure. So thanks once again to Ian McLaren of Locked On Bruins uh, for taking time out of his busy schedule to talk about tonight's game as well as Saturday's upcoming game against the Bruins. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow on Locked On Lightning to talk about uh, the game against the Bruins tonight, do a little bit of recap and preview the game on Thursday as well against the, the Montreal Canadiens. So thanks for listening to Locked On Lightning. Part of the Lock On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Banker. Everyone have a fantastic Monday. I'll talk to you a little tomorrow.